Listeners, we have some exciting news to share with you. The whole Deeply Graphic Design team will be partnering with the Adobe Max Creative Conference this October 18th through the 20th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Designers from all over the world come to Adobe Max to rejuvenate their work, their process, and the creative journey. Max is the perfect blend of information and inspiration, practical knowledge, and creative magic. Not only will we be there for live interviews and episodes, but the Adobe team has also arranged for a special discount for all of our DGDC listeners. Use the code 17PDPC. That's 17PDPC to receive your discounted rate. Stay tuned for more information on future episodes, and we can't wait to see you at this year's Adobe Max. You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Mikhail Morrison in Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right. Here we are again. Thank you guys for all for listening. Uh, you know, and we, we want to remind you guys again, if you like the show, why don't you, how about you tell a friend? How about you uh, give us a five-star review? That's, that's <laughs> all friend. we ask. That, yeah. was a, that was a little, um, uh, what's his well, name? Little Goodfellas. <laughs> a little curvier enthusiasm. Uh, tell a friend. <laughs> It's a pretty, 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 pretty good, good show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah thanks. I would love it. That. Please, somebody give us a five-star review on iTunes and just say pretty, 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 pretty good. We'll know exactly <laughs> what that means. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would love it. It would sure, sure make me happy. And um, while we're asking for things, so basically next, our next show is going to be our uh, 140th. So, on, you know, on the 10s, we always do a listener question show. So cool. how about you uh, send in a listener question, too? We might... I think it'll be a good time to to get get yours on the air. So what you're going to want to do is just send it to questions at thedeependdesign.com. And you know that we love our audio questions yeah. around here. So that would be a good one for just have them all lined up, ready yeah. to go. It'd be amazing if we could just get all audio questions. That'd be fun. Yeah. It was an all audio listener question show. So that is the challenge, I guess, to you guys. Man, shots them fired. In. You're, you're, you're asking yep. for it. I think this is <laughs> I'm be great. asking for and it. We want, we want all different kinds of accents. <laughs> yes. Those Sexier always, the better. Those always go right to the top. Let's just face it, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we love it. Good deal. Cool. So what, what are you kids up to these days? What's going on with you? Mikhail, what are you up to? I have all of a sudden, I forgot to tell you guys this, I've been getting some really cute little comments from our listeners about Bill's calling me Michaela. Like, why don't you just correct them? Oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> next time question. you guys have a recording with him, just just quickly just snippet it in there and see if he notices anything. Yeah. But it's like, that, that'll take away from like his... Like his charm. The most adorable. Yeah, yeah it, it, there is a charm about it for sure. Anyway, sure. it's just cute that listeners yeah. are like, oh. Just oh, correct think, him already, Mikkel. I think next time when we do it, when you do our little intros, you need to say Mikkel <laughs> from Seattle. Oh, that even feels a little bit harsh, but some, one of the guys was like, so you go by a Michelli, Michaela, and Mikkel. So which is it? Yeah. Well, Mich- <laughs> Michelli is just our Skype nickname for you. Cause exactly. Whenever it's, we it's type in, whenever that, we type like, in Mikkel. Detailed listeners, because it. this guy had even remembered those references of Michelli, which is hilarious to me. 
Yeah. Oh well, God. you got a nickname out of it. It's great. Skype is good for something. Okay, you got yeah. you got multiple. I'm I'm jealous. <laughs> funny. It's like it's trying to give you. me courage. It, like these listeners trying to give me courage. Like just don't think about it. Just next time, yeah. just say something really quickly. Stand <laughs> your ground. So sweet. Well, Michelli. it's so sweet. <laughs> it is like, hard still, when you. Uh, I'm still not going to grow the balls, people. I think it's too yeah. cute. Well, it's hard when you've been called the wrong name oh. a certain amount of times. Same at that here. point, it's hard to like. Say anything. I, I think that's what that it, it. I think that's exactly what it is. I know it's someone that thinks dozen, my name is. So someone thinks use? my name is Mike, and they call they call me this. I don't oh, know, I, and it's gone on for so long that I can't. I feel so bad. I can't change it. <laughs> You're just Mike to that person from now on. Yeah, exactly. Man, that's At Starbucks, so I get Mike put on my cup. You know. There you go. <laughs> well, you know who's not going to ever forget your name? That's Fresh Books, baby. <laughs> nice. They they get it right every time. Whenever I call customer service, like, hey Wes, what's hey, going Wes. on? Oh, I love it. And they're all, how's they are Ma- so how's Michelli doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I but love them. Series, Part of them being that yeah. they are Canadian. The Canadians are the nicest in the world. Mm, they we, are the nicest for sure. That, yeah, they're the nice and they're there. hot. They're nice and they're hot, and they don't know they're hot, which makes them even hotter. They're so money, and they don't even know it. <laughs> exactly. So humble. So humble. But the anyway. Best. But let's get back to the bullet points here. So fresh books, we love them. Um, they make it they make it super easy just to send out invoices that are branded with your colors. Um, they look really professional and literally thirty seconds, good to go. You set up the little automatic payment reminders. So let's say let's say you're one of the people that doesn't get your invoice paid within uh, what do they say within a day. Most people get it paid yeah. using fresh books. If you don't happen to be one of those people. Then they do the the hard work of following it up, saying, "Hey, uh, how about some money? Mm-hmm. How about you pay your bill? Mm-hmm. You know, so you don't have to be the bad cop. You leave it to Fresh Books. I wonder how they manage that though. Being Canadian, it's hard to like <laughs> lay down the law because it's just text. It's just written text and it's audio. Uh, it's not yeah. audio. You know what I mean? I think yeah. that's why they you get come, a, you get a mounty, get you get a mounty a mounty on a horse come to your house and they're like. They're like internet trolls that, you know what I mean? They could just, it's, yeah. It's all written word. Exactly. No, but we we love FreshBooks. Literally two clicks, you can set yourself up with the payments, get money in your pocket sooner. Um, They've got the new projects feature, which is great. So basically, um, not only is it an invoicing tool at this point, but you can share files and messages with your clients, contractors, and employees. So it's kind of like a, project management system as well, which is yeah, awesome. It, it, it um, can be that it, way. Yeah, and they've got multi-currency invoicing. So if you have clients from overseas, you can, uh, it'll go, you know, you can ask for money in your currency. They'll get it in their currency and there's no, you know, nothing lost in translation there, no pun intended. So um, <laughs> if you have any questions whatsoever, their award-winning customer service will answer in three rings or less in most cases. And we've got, of course, our 30-day unrestricted free trial for you, our listener. Just go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. Again, 30 days absolutely free, freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic. And then enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section. All right, cool. With that out of the way, we're going to talk about something that I kind of love talking about and I, I love that I've gotten this into my business um, the past year or so and I know that Mikkel has her own version of this and we're talking about recurring revenue so what we're not mostly talking about here we're not going to be really talking about passive income 
for the most part. That's mm-hmm. not what we're talking about. We're talking about building in a way um, with your business, your design business, to not only do a complete a project for a client, but how do you take it beyond that project? How do you keep the money going? Because, you know, it's obviously much harder to land a new client than to just keep working with an existing mm-hmm. one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I know Mikkel's version of this. Um, Nick, do you have any kind of recurring revenue We've, in your life? Man, it, I've had good successes and failures, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they've mostly... Who hasn't, been, though? That's, yeah. yeah. And I think it's just sure. because I, I'm well aware of what a lot of other designers have done, and, and I've tried to kind of either capture and do certain things like that in the past, but uh, they do kind of... I'd say most of them were much different in a way where they're not trying to continue on with more business from from uh, clients that I currently have or projects that I'm currently on. I was looking at other ways that were more either product based or service based that were on a that were hopefully bringing in money on a monthly basis, and it was in addition to the the design business. That's kind of where I've yeah. I've played a little bit, and I can share about that later on. Yeah, absolutely. So. I think the first thing to think about when you're deciding on a recurring revenue is um, deciding what it is you're going to offer mm-hmm. to your clients. So and it'll be different for, I think, the three of us as we talk in this yeah. conversation. It'll probably be different for you who's listening. Um, it really depends on what your area of expertise is. So yeah, we all know I'm the web-only guy. So yeah, I have to think about it. Like when I'm – so how it normally works is you get a client and they come to you and they say, hey, we need a website. We need a new website. Um, and in the old days, that's where it ended. I would design it, upload it, and that would be it. Like Other than the occasional email you'd get down the road saying, hey, we need to make this change. Yeah, We need to like add this thing. Um, and since, I've, since WordPress has come along, that's even gone way down. Because it's they're mostly, handling it, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, unless it's like a redesign kind of thing, if it's just content based, they can usually take care of it on their own. So, sure. um, you know, you have to ask yourself, what can you offer that's an ongoing investment for your customer that will bring value to them and that you um, you know really well and you kind of can get excited about doing it? Because the best advice I can give you here is don't – the answer should not just be everything. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't <laughs> try to offer everything because – You'll drown. Yeah. You know, like you can't, you just can't do it. So unless you've got a whole team or you're outsourcing a lot of it, which, you know, is a feasible way to do it. But (laughs) think about what you want to offer. For me, it was SEO. Yeah. You know, so ongoing because it it makes perfect sense. So if you're delivering a website, um, I put a lot of care into making sure it's, you know, conversion optimized. But what good is that if no one's coming to the site? So it makes perfect sense to then offer, okay, here's a way over time we'll deliver traffic to your site, either SEO. Um, the other One of the other things I offer is Facebook campaigns. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's very tailored to the audience. So, so the thing to do is just to kind of ask yourself what it is you get excited about and what you can realistically deliver to your clients. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that – and Mikkel, I know you've got a bit of a different way of – when I say recurring revenue, yours is a little bit different. So why don't you talk it, about how, kind of how you have that built in? So um, another form of this that might be worth um, mentioning is that um, I 
I used to more so for a particular account, but um, I would have scheduled at least once a month on-site training. So you hand off these design templates that you generate, right? And that you've got internal personnel that are still learning the lay of the land with respect to not only just production design, but how to utilize the tools, the Adobe tools. So I'll just get with them and we'll be utilizing examples of what they have currently, you know, what, what current projects look like so that it's straight up applicable to their business. Other than going to a workshop that is specifically in design held with a UW branch, for example, where they cover things a little bit more generically. You know, I know for a lot of us designers, we're very visual. So if we can apply it specifically to an existing project, that just makes it all the better. And then, so that's what I do. Mm -hmm. So I'll go on site and I'll sit with two or three that are internally with um, the corporation. And we just, I, I build them. Uh, a flat rate that I'm not that knowing the travel time and that I'm I'm not there any more than a couple hours on site. Okay, so so if I'm hearing you correctly, you say like you have a client and then you build in like a monthly fee for you to go visit them once a month. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Something like that is great. Anything where you can kind of go in periodically and reassess. Yeah, and then that just keeps that just keeps it fresh. Like then they're reminded when they see me physically. That's why she's worth the money. Like, mm-hmm. okay, she knows a breadth of this component of not only the project but this industry as a whole, and what we're trying to accomplish here to brand. It's necessary for her to, for us to stick with this monthly for at least another six to yeah. eight months, or what? You know, they'll just project in that way because they're feeling rest assured with respect to the support. Also, yeah. also too, what's great about that, and I've been doing it as well. You, um, yeah, it's, it speaks to your value, but I think it also speaks to longevity. It speaks to keeping on with that client as much as possible and yes. being a partner. You know, with them, which is I think is a really yeah. smart way to kind of think about it too. I also like to talk about that up front. Because then it it puts the value on your time specifically too, that this is an asset to them, you coming in. And one of the I think that's just another thing to kind of think about as you're building and looking for new work is can I plug this in as an optional monthly thing down the road? I, I think yeah. it's been it's been showing great success in the two two clients that we do that with weekly and we go to them and sit at their cool. table and it just makes for and I'm and also too because I'm getting paid for that time I'm not sitting here going like I make it important that isn't that is booked time on the calendar and I don't want to mm-hmm. and I don't rush it you know what I mean so you sh- yeah. you come in much more uh, engaged and I think that just helps to your business and the future. Or as much as it is, it is absolutely a a virtual industry by and large. It really is useful to have this as part of, of the runnings of your business. I mean, this is just not necessarily for two or three accounts at a time, but one, some, some parts of the year, another some parts of the year as they see it's, you know, relative or, or needed. But for, um, for, one company, I just invoice all tasks that so it ranges. Mm-hmm. I mean, one one month it'll be a lot higher. The next month it'll be substantially lower, and then there there are accounts where there is just a retainer amount that's been agreed to, and signatures have been right. have been provided, and we stick to that until we regroup. Mm-hmm. Good. 
cool. Yeah, I've never done a straight up retainer like where everything's included in scope. Like uh-huh. it's, I have the these recurring revenue, these packages that I offer, but it's basically just like a certain scope of work, um, like an SEO campaign or a Facebook campaign. It's not just like throw anything at me for yeah. this uh-huh. low, low for, for this price, you know, every month. But but I think I I've heard that re- keeping a client on a retainer can actually be a really good thing mm-hmm. for a business, like. And I know some some months you may work your ass off for that client. Some months it might be slower. So I think over time, it probably evens out. And I, how often do you have to reassess that price point? So to initiate it from the get-go, I ran reports with FreshBooks to see on average what I was, how many hours and what I was billing them over the mm-hmm. course of six to eight months. And then that gave me an idea, okay, well, I I, I want to be safer than sorry here. So I'm going to hope that they can agree to, you know, maybe 250 to 500 more than what I've, than the numbers I've, that I've run here. Yeah. I'll supply mm-hmm. them with a PDF so that they know I'm not bullshitting them. And then we'll yeah. just yeah. set the standard monthly. And I, I, okay. I, look, I look at it almost every, at the end of every month too, because in my contract with retainers, we talk about... Uh, being sure there's a plus or minus leeway and I will let them know if we go above or below a certain amount, just so I, they know you're, you're looking out on both ends for them and for you. Cause you know what I mean? Like you might have three months of being way low and then do you have to reassess and kind of adjust that, that amount? But I think you're right. Mm -hmm. I I think when I first got into it too, uh, I looked around for uh, tons of inspiration and, and like, information on how to start even thinking about that. And I used FreshBooks the same way you were talking about and ran the reports with those clients to see. I think if it's a client that you don't particularly have a background with or history with to come up with that retainer, look at uh, similar types of business that hopefully you've done. And maybe that could be a starting point to give you a bit of a dollar amount to start with. Yeah. The other thing I was going to say too is when we went back, God, over a year ago when we did the qualification episode – to me, one of the first things I wrote down was, can this, can this potential new client be a retainer client? And I think that has yeah. led, I'd say the last five have become retainer because not only was I thinking about that, but I presented it at kind of the beginning to make sure there would be this opportunity to do that. And I find that if you can, if you, if you can find the niche of the business that you're going after, let you can come up with these things like you were saying, Wes, where every month we will still do this for you. And it goes above and beyond the, you know, the, the abilities of just be doing their web and, hold, and making sure everything is, is doing great with their SEO. I look at it as like, what else are you looking for? What else can we do? Get, get us monthly and you've got us. Mm-hmm. And that's just a great way. And there's always something specifically yeah. in, the, in the restaurant world. They, it, things change two months into opening. So now we might have to revamp and do some things. So there's always work. Why not put it on retainer rather than just sit and wait? So yeah. it's a smart Good move point. to go. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the only way to go. I'm trying to rack my brain for other ways. Um, you know, if you were kind of just a straight up graphic designer, like you're doing logos all day long, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. things like that, mm-hmm. that's a little harder to think about um, with recurring revenue, unless you're talking sure. about keeping a client on a retainer, just like we'll include, you know, up to 10 hours a month of design work for yeah. this flat yeah. rate. Yeah. It might even you be know? that. That's a great, you can make a junior version of it. It's not like we've spent 30 hours a month with you. So here's the retainer. Do it more like, Hey, just for extras, maybe it's five to 10 hours a month that you got us. 
and you're yeah. paying for it. And we're, we're, you know, so again, you finding great ways to make sure that there's continual monthly. So you're not fishing every time, you know, and it's, exactly. it gives you that also gives you the freedom to, I think, venture out a little bit and find, find new business because you might have a day or two where you're getting revenue in, but you're going to spend it prospecting. So keep mm-hmm. that in mind. These, this covers you when you are not, you know, technically on the boards. Yeah. Cause think about it. Like I did the math a while ago. So think about if you're, let's just say for the sake of argument, you get one website client every month mm-hmm. and you charge, mm-hmm. you charge $5,000 for that website, but then you can talk them into, uh, you know, let's just say a thousand dollars a month ongoing SEO campaign. Yeah. Then you have to think about, are you doing that work yourself or are you kind of hiring that out? Um, and then think about how much you're marking it up and what you stand to make every month on this client. And if you get enough, if you get like one, like I say, one client a month, at the end of a year, you've got 12 of these clients. And of course, not everyone's going to say yes, but I'm just saying for but the hey, sake of keeping if, it simple. What if six did? You, yeah, if six mm-hmm. did, you've got like, I don't know, say a thousand extra dollars a month coming in every month from those clients. You can really see the benefit mm-hmm. of not just saying see you at the end of the project exactly yeah you know so i guess the next thing to talk about is how to price it mm-hmm. so um it, it, obviously it's really going to depend on what you're offering so um but i learned a little trick in terms of kind of presenting it with prices so what you want to do there's a term called anchoring um you guys mm-hmm. familiar with that mm-hmm. price anchoring so what you always want to do people okay so if you're offering $1,000 a month for SEO, okay, some clients will think that's expensive. Some people will think it's, it's cheap, depending on their needs. But if you were to also offer a package that were $4,000 a month, suddenly that $1,000 a month next to it looks more doable. So it's kind of just, it's like an old marketing trick, basically. Mm-hmm. So and you may have a client every now and then that goes for the big package, but it's going to be a small amount. But then there's going to be a lot more people that will bite, so to speak, on that $1,000 a month package. And then I would recommend maybe making a smaller one of like three fifty, yeah, a month or something. So it almost to get pushes them really... right in the middle. <laughs> yeah, and, and the ones that can't do 1000 like they'll say, oh, but I can probably do three fifty. Yeah. Versus if you were just to say three fifty, they're like, "Why should I pay you three fifty a yeah, month?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you put it in terms of a, oh, they also charge a thousand and four thousand. Three fifty seems doable. Yeah, or you know, so it's God. The thousand sounds really great now. <laughs> That's the yeah. goal. That's great. And obviously, you're never going to get blood out of a stone. I mean, sure. if they can't afford it, they can't afford sure. it. But um, that's definitely how it was recommended to me to start pricing these these packages. Yeah. And it's worked pretty well. And usually you will get um, that person. Usually with the clients I go for, they're not the super small and -hmm. they're not the biggest of the big. They, they kind of fit in that sweet spot of the middle. Yeah. 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 I've, I think what I've done is looked at history too, to see once a, a project is completed, the, those months after how much work tends to happen. And it's kind of like forecasting a bit, you know? And then Mm -hmm. I say, in general, we're spending 10 to 20 hours a month in additional items and additional designs and things that you need. And maybe it's that one hour going to the location per week, whatever it is. And then you just build. So it's a, 
in my world, I'm kind of finding that like I can build that one package and it kind of works. But then when you get a curveball and you get a unique client, and let's say you just took it for either the exposure or, or it was just a, you knew you're going to get a great, you know, fee out of it. You got to mm-hmm. be a little creative with each one too, and then figure out what's a cool, can I just say this might be a three month project or a six months project. Let's work on a monthly rather than me itemizing everything and putting it, but I will show you what you're going to get for that fee. So right. being a little creative with it is also unique. And I think we're the, we're best to know how to juggle those numbers because of our, that that's one of the beauties of being close to your business and, and running yeah. your business is, you know, those numbers better than anybody. Yeah. And there's a, there's like definitely pros and cons to like really crafting a specific package per client. Yeah. Um, obviously like my business, what I'd like to kind of what I promise is a really customized solution to every client. So it does feel a little incongruous to then just have, these are my packages, but, and I don't want to get too technical, but my packages are built basically to be very flexible. There's like a lot of different things that can fall into the purview of it, but you're basically at the end of the day, you're basically picking one of three packages um, that are basically, they basically translate into points which kind of translate into effort and hours. So it's like if you get this middle package, let's just say for sake of argument, this buys you 20 hours of anything that we suggest for you. Like at yeah. the end of every quarter, we'll go and we'll take a look at your analytics. We'll take a look at um, what's happening on your site exactly. And we'll make new recommendations to kind of hone in on an even better solution. And then we we can take these hours that you've kind of pre-purchased and use those to fulfill that solution. Almost it's a little convoluted, a, but the way I, yeah. it, it, it makes sense for the way we do things. But it's like having a, a bit of a consultancy arm in, you know, mm-hmm. at the, at the ready, because again, you've done the work and who better to kind of get in there and retool it or find better ways yeah. to make it work after, after it's performed and it's gone and it's been live. Yeah. That's not Absolutely. a bad idea. Cause, yeah. Because that's the thing too. Like we pitched out to clients that you know, the website is never, it's never really done. There's so much testing that has to go into it. So that's really where we can shine. And that's where we can add in that extra value per month is by keeping it, keeping it getting refined more and more over time. So, um, oh, and the other thing I want to mention with pricing, I did mention it, but I want to make sure I hit it home properly. What you don't want to do is have three packages that are like 300, 500, and 700. Mm-hmm. They need to go exponentially up. Yes. Because otherwise, if you've got 300, 500, and 700, that's basically the same. Like to a big company, like yeah. the difference between 300 and 700, it's like, okay, that's what you want to do is have the, the really affordable, then one that's like two or three times that, then two or three times that. Yeah. So it really shows the difference. Smart. I think I've been, and I think because it's just that a, too. a matter of a few, but of a few dollars, of course they're going to opt for the cheapest. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I noticed that too. And things that we look at and shop for, you see those kind of like three columns, and you, you know, it, mm-hmm. it, it helps you understand where you are with your budget and which one's a better fit for you personally. Rather than being mm-hmm. like you said, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, I, I would be like, I'm going to look for somebody else. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> Pretty much. Like mm-hmm. it has to look like this is for like a fortune 500 company. This is for like a $10 million a year company. And this is for a mom and pop. Yeah. 
you yeah. know, so. Yeah. And, and that's smarter too. I, I read a great article last week that was talking about people think they want choices, but they don't. They want businesses to almost hand select what they, what service they should get. You know I what tell I mean? this to clients every day. Yeah. And you make it look like yeah. you make it look like you gave them a choice, but like, that's a perfect example of pricing it in that manner almost makes a person identify exactly which one. There's no other choice for them because you've done it yeah. in a way where they're different enough. And it, like you said, it fits their size of the business right there. And, and, and this, yeah. you're seeing this in everything. You're seeing this in menus on restaurants. You're seeing this everywhere where people are stripping down the choices and it's more like, here's what you want. We've figured it out. It's down to these three, not 15. Yeah. You know, well, think about when you go to the cheesecake factory and that, Oh that God, stop. Menu. <laughs> it's like a book. It takes longer to choose than it does to eat. I know. Thankfully I being vegetarian. It only, it limits me to six pages. But yet all the categories are covered. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then there comes the okay. cheesecake. That's like a whole other chapter. <laughs> oh man. Don't get me started. <laughs> Let's okay, see. so how much longer yeah, do we so have? I'm ready to go. <laughs> it's right down the street. <laughs> so um, then there's the question of presenting this to your clients. So um, there's a difference between presenting it to your old clients and your new clients. So whenever I have a new client, and we talked about my process before, we do the discovery, then we do this the strategy, the solution presentation. And so we talk about, okay, so here's what it's gonna cost that I've outlined. And so we talk about the initial project first, and then we pivot over to, I show like I have one sheet that kind of shows them the different ongoing packages. So you want to present it in a very visual way. I have like the three column layout uh -huh. where it just, it shows you exactly what you get in each. In do you highlight of, the middle one and say best value? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't do that. Like, I know. Yeah. I'm totally kidding. You shouldn't yeah. do that. But yeah. Well, maybe you should. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's a reason why those sites do that. I look at like when you look at like. Well, there is. There, yeah. I, yeah. I, I look at any online service that's kind of like in the Dropbox world where it depends on value. Yeah. Or whatever. And yes. it's funny. I, I'm seeing more and more people doing it. They're almost like pointing to that. Like, you, I know you yeah. need this one. And it's like. No, definitely. And, definitely. and it's. it's and it, does it turn off? It's, just... uh, it's. But it is obviously the probably the one I'm going to yeah. choose because it is the best value. But you're being right. more. I think you're being a lot more conscious of the fact that you, all three of the, I, I'm, I don't know. Like I'm guessing that these three well, have narrowed it down and one is going to be the right thing for you. Yeah. And usually it's and the reason I don't do the, uh, this, <laughs> best this value. best value because every client's different. And exactly. if you, yeah. like what I will always do is I'll say, I recommend this one for you. Good. Because this go. will be good. And I'll generally say like, if you wanted to step it up to this one, we might be able to get there faster. Yeah. You know, but I understand it's a lot of it's a lot of investment. So I think this one will be yeah good enough. You know, so that's how I do it. And then um, also to your your personal questions. your personal connection, you're talking about this on all these other sites. You're not really being walked through it. So like to your point, yeah. you know this client, and and you can recommend the one that's best for them, and that sounds better because yeah. it's coming from exactly. You. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the whole, the whole thing about the deep end is we, it's personal recommendations. It's never just, yeah. here's a WordPress website. No, it's just, it's very handholdy. It's very like, this is what we suggest you do. Yeah. Um, gets a much better reaction that way. And then when you're, when you're talking about old clients you've, you've previously had and you put something like this together, 
um, the, the best thing to do is really to go back to your old clients or your current clients and say, hey, we've, we've been talking to a lot of our clients and we've kind of figured out what people need from us and want from us and we've put these packages together. What do you think? You want to take a look and see. It, it helps just to ask them, what are your thoughts on this? Is this something that you think would be beneficial That's to cool. people like you? Or, you know, and then kind of start the conversation from there. Yeah. You don't want it to seem like hitting them up for extra cash. It's just, does this look like something that would be a benefit to you? It's worked for others in the past. So, mm-hmm. and we put, that's the only reason we're like kind of showing it to you. You know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it is okay to, to, to bill it as a brand new offering as well. Yes. Yes. Um, it's okay to do that and just say, hey, we're, we're rolling this new feature out. What do you think? Mm-hmm. We get some hit, will bite, we, some won't. We get hit by that all the time, you know? So it's, a, it's only natural to do that with your clients. And, and you're going to – It's I've always found – and what do you guys feel? When you do that and, and maybe even stretch a little bit and go out of your comfort zone, and all, the first time you do it, it might be a little like you're like, oh, no one's going to take this. But I've been finding that, you oh, know yeah. – that people get it, and 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 clients are really. If you've given them some good service, and and you you're at a point where they trust, they're starting to trust you. Perfect timing to try this. Yeah, yeah. You know, that is a yeah. good point, Nick. Because I remember when I first started this, the the thought is no one's going to go for this. Yeah, no one's going to want this. <laughs> but if you present it in a way like, yeah, they're not going to want to. If you say, hey, want to pay me more money every month? No, it's this is like it's for you. It's for mm-hmm. you. We'll be investing more, but you you have so much more to gain by this. So it takes a little bit of salesmanship for yeah. sure. Yeah. But the good news is you hopefully have a relationship with this person. And I never like to think of it as selling because that sounds scary. You're presenting it. You're just showing yeah. it. You're having a conversation. Yeah. And just kind of casually mentioning how much this could help you. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And if anything, too, if it, they they they're not into it at the time, at least you've introduced the the point that these are this is stuff that you provide outside of just the scope they might have considered you for. You know, we were talking. I think we talked yeah, about that last true. week about do, the listener question: How do they know that you do other than just what they, you did for them? This is the mm-hmm. best. This is a great way to introduce that to them. Show them the other things yeah. you do. Yeah, because a lot of times they, if you don't present it to them, they'll they'll think that you just you do one thing mm-hmm. and that's it. I know. So I love that. Nice. Like, do, you right, cool. do, so the, do you do trade show booths? It's like, I just designed your entire brochure. Of course. <laughs> you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's that same old thing, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, why wouldn't you do that? Exactly. So, um, all right. So the, the, the last thing, and this is probably what people are wondering, like, so how do you actually, so you've presented all this stuff to your client. Here's what I can do for you. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you actually deliver on that promise? Um, it can be... It can really add a lot of workload to your plate. And for me, the things that I offer are not necessarily always things I do myself. Sure. So, yeah. So there's several ways, obviously. There's doing it yourself or having your team do it or outsourcing it. So let's just kind of go through what I do. So I offer SEO to my clients, ongoing link building campaigns, all that kind of stuff. I do not have the energy or the hours to do backlinks myself for mm-hmm. clients. That okay. is, I've done it for my site, but it is a lot of work. You're writing blog posts, you're emailing blog owners, all that kind of stuff. Um, not exactly a good use sure. of my time. Sure. 
when there's so many people out there that do this, there's a lot of white label services that provide this for a fraction of what you could charge your client for it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of websites out there that do just this kind of thing. There's SEO reseller, there's the Hoth, um, you know, but you basically, you pay them a certain amount of money per month. So like what I like to think about, so when I talk about a recurring revenue package, I like to see a, you know, 50% margin on that. Meaning if they pay me a thousand, I pay out 500. Exactly. Good. And Good I target. The other it's a great target. Yeah. Yeah. And if your margins are less than that, it's not really worth all the extra kind of risk and interactions you have to have. Cause it's, this is not set it and forget it stuff. You're still it running it. Be. Yeah. Yeah. You're still um, the ringmaster of what, whatever's being promised. Yeah. You're running it and you need to report on it as well. Like the one thing that'll kill an ongoing, uh, you know, relationship like this is just taking their money every month and never speaking to them exactly <laughs> even even if you're doing the work worse I was, uh, yeah you know i, I was gonna possible. say something along those lines like i am um, i i don't ever throw my my hands up and think oh i've got them i've got them you know dialed in i've landed this i deserve it um mm-hmm. and just sort of leave it in null mm-hmm. i'm i'm consistently um, in touch, I'm perhaps at times over communicating. I'm um, making contributions that um, I co- consistently care by inputting comments to shared Google Docs for feedbacks to videos to post to a new landing page. For example, I just made that up, <laughs> but but just to exemplify that, alongside um, internal de- developers and internal design staff members, I'm playing along as though I am also one of their internal team members so that it's a consistent reminder that I'm in, I care, I'm in, I'm Mm -hmm. not just going to take your money for, yeah. Yeah. And that is, so you you have to prove yourself along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For, for several reasons, like the, the most important I think is, you know, for, I think if you're doing like kind of a more retainer graphic design work, then yet you're naturally in communication because there's always new, they're telling right. you what to, right. What yeah, no, that's is. true. That's true. Yeah. It's but things for, are constantly in review and then you're making edits and then you, yeah. yeah. So that's, it's natural, but like, let's just keep it in the SEO. Like for that, that's an easy thing that you could very easily just pay someone to, to do the SEO and you're the middleman and you just, you never, talk to either side it just kind of happens on autopilot yeah but what you'll find if you do it that way is after a few months your client's going to wonder where their money's going what are the what's happening what are these results where are these results i'm promised i'm not seeing any results i'm just going to make that cut stop yeah. paying the monthly so you what you need to do especially with something like seo or like facebook campaigns where the the benefit isn't always seen right away particularly with SEO. So you need to, what I would recommend is schedule like a once a month call where you get on and you show them the reports, you show them that upward trend of, okay, so maybe it was a brand new site and you were nowhere on the map for the, your keyword terms. Now month one, maybe we're starting to see like you're on page three or something. Okay. That's some forward movement. You've got to be able to keep showing that forward movement month after month to justify your cost. And a lot of times, yeah. like it will take almost a year 
for them to get to where they want to be. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, yeah. I found too. And like, if you don't, yeah, if you don't keep it up with them, they're they're gonna cut the cord way before they get there. Yeah, I I actually make the reminders of like maybe two to three times a month of like, are you on top? Is I look at my whiteboard and it's kind of like, is there anything outstanding for that client? Did you do the check-in kind of mid-month to make sure they've got everything they need? I just like to do that so when that bill hits them, when it's planned, that they're like, oh, yeah, there were those three emails from Nick and we exchanged this and and he sent that off to the vendor and the printer's great. You just mm-hmm. want to give yourself mm-hmm. a few checkpoints to make sure because mm-hmm. um, it's like you said, it takes a lot to get there, and it's, but it takes a very little amount to lose one of these. And that it could be just one little mistake. Oh, yeah. You know? Exactly. And just going missing, you know? Mm-hmm. So either what I would recommend is that once a month call or if you really don't have time or you get pushback on that from your client, they don't have time, then the second best thing would be to just automate kind of a report every month and send it through. Yeah. And highlight, just tell them what to be looking at. Yeah. Give them some just small along the wins, lines of this provability. You know? it's, all, it's all a part of it. Yeah, exactly. All right, do you guys have anything else to add to this conversation? Um, I think there's a series of things you could do, you know, like I was saying, that are above and beyond just as extensions of a job to a client, but the things that you mm-hmm. can do because I think you are creative and you are an innovative person, you come up with good ideas. You know, I think you could sell certain things. You could try to get into things that are a little bit unique and might kind of be online somewhere and could – you never know. It's like t-shirts, anything else you want to do that you find is up your alley, try it out. And there's great services you can do these two where you could just be pulling in some extra cash, you know, per month, uh, based Mm -hmm. on the work you do. I think, um, stately, stately, uh, type is a great example Mm -hmm. of him starting this kind of side business. And my God, last time I checked into him, I I can't, he must've quit his job because that guy is on fire with his (laughs) t-shirt business. He's just doing so good. So it's kind of like, we are we're, we're, we tend to be the person that I think entrepreneurs go to because they need the design and they need creativity to start a product or to start some kind of a business. Try something on your own, you know, look around, see if, you know, make a few contacts with some with whatever kind of product you want to you want to make. There might be a, like I've partnered with clients in the past to actually create products that we designed, developed and manufactured on our own and tried to sell. So there's there's these ways you can it's, it's a bit of a risk. It's not, you know. It's a little more risky, but I, I kind of like those kind of things. They get me a little more like into the whole idea because we're running our business too. And if a creative is also business oriented, sky's the limit. So think of what else you could do beyond just your business that brings in that monthly revenue for you. You know? Yeah. So you're talking kind of more passive income stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like in a way. Stuff you can make and that like, mm-hmm. they can just kind of sell on autopilot behind yeah. the scenes. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- I think it's it's worth bringing that up that that is a whole other way around it, you know, where it's in addition to your clients. In some ways, it could be the thing that really does take off for you. I know a lot of people that have started these things in the garage and next thing you know, they're, they're doing amazing work and amazing business. So there are, yeah. I think we have a lot of the tools that, are needed for that. So if you're the one that wants to start one, you've, you've got the design and the advertising and the marketing capabilities to do it. Whereas most people don't. So partner with someone, try something out. You never know. doesn't take a lot. Love it. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. So I think that about covers the topic of the week. So we've got a listener question. 
No. Jordan writes, I was wondering what types of content I can post for my business on social media. I've started creating blog posts, but I know brands are about 70% content, 30% selling when it comes to social media. If you're a potato chip company, for example, you can just post a picture of your potato chips and say, have a great summer with Acme potato chips. <laughs> if you're a music entertainment company, you can post, it's Miley Cyrus' birthday today. Happy bir- Hashtag, happy birthday, Miley. But I'm at a loss for what content would be valuable to clients of my graphic design web developing business and not just targeting other graphic designers, developers, and creatives who aren't my clientele. Okay. That's a great- I love this question. It's great too because I'm telling you, like, that's what you sh- what she's trying to figure out is exactly what we all should be posting. That's perfect. If it's, if it's out there to make your business better on social media, she's got the right idea. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't say there's a standard for this. There's a way to be unique and make your own creative notion of some sort of, yeah, posting that others may not, that might make you a little bit more distinct and recognizable ongoing. But if it's, if it's those, if you tap into little values and little things that your business brings to a client, let's say it's just being crystal clear in your communication or, innovative design things for for web or whatever it is show some of those principles off i think in your social media posts you know what i mean it's like why not show your advantage a little bit these should be little snippets of what you promise on your website i i, I think that's one of the things and i've been using this a lot on um yeah yeah not yeah. not so much on instagram because I, I think where i found more new clients is either on linkedin and on twitter so what i did was i remember i took all of this food packaging we did, and I put together the principles of what makes effective food packaging and what consumers are looking for. All of a sudden, that got all this traction and shared throughout, and a, and two clients actually through that came from the fact that we just put this these little posters up as far as like what makes for really good packaging when it comes to branding for food. So mm-hmm. why not why not give a little of that insight out? If you're trying to grow your business and it's design, what do you promise to your 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 customer? Make a few posts on it. Do what do what you do best. You know. Yeah. Seriously, like, and I I've done a lot of guest posting over mm-hmm. my over the years. So, and if you have a, a blog yourself that maybe isn't uh, you know setting the world on fire with your clients, which generally, let's think about it. So, if you're a designer or even a design studio, you're not going to be followed by too many. You may be followed by your former clients, but there's not too many people out there that are just fans of design studios who yeah. aren't designers. Designers, so, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So the thing I recommend more is try to guest post on blogs that your customers are reading. Yes. You know, like small biz trends, things like that. Mm. Um, so where you, you do a blog post, and then that'll get shared around, you know, hopefully – like crazy and it'll it, just kind of explaining some kind of concept or some, some tips or anything about, um, you know, 10, uh, 10 trends in logo design this year something like that. Yeah. I guess you could steal them from a few episodes back. Yeah, exactly. Get, get all the trends there. <laughs> and you, but, um, you come in as the specialist and I think that's a great way yeah. to highlight it, you know, um, yeah. specifically if, and if it's in a niche or an area that you feel uh, a potential cu- customer is looking at uh great and it could be someone that doesn't even think they're looking for you but if they over if they came across your knowledge 
you'll be the first on their on their list when they're ready. Yeah. And you can always do the uh, the Pinterest kind of photos. So, you know, there's a lot of there's actually uh, plugins out there for WordPress, like how to make like the, the, the featured image for a post for all the different platforms. So you can oh, like, yes. you can, you can write one blog post and you can have one image for Pinterest, one for Instagram, one for Facebook. So that when people share it, it'll automatically assign the correct image. Interesting. Very cool. The, the correct based on for yeah. each. Right. It, okay. Cause yeah, it, like oh, a, no, that's... a featured photo for Facebook is going to be very different than for Pinterest. What you know? is that called? I don't know. But I think a, a simple That's Google search should be able to find it. Um, I would just type in WordPress um, social image plugin or something. I yeah, I don't remember That's what awesome. it's called. Yeah, but you do that, and then everyone when they share your post, if it's on your site, they'll share they'll share it with the correct image that'll get the most views. So yeah. That's, that's all great. really. I mean, just, just come up with something that's of value, like giving them some tips. Yeah. Um, what I always like to do is approach it with the assumption that this client is going to attempt to do this themselves. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're, they usually won't, but they're like kind of in that research mode. So they kind of want to educate themselves about it. Yeah. And you'll offer the tips and then they'll read it, see that you wrote it and yeah, just share it socially and mm-hmm. Maybe put some money behind it, like do a, a boosted post Yeah, yeah. on Facebook or Instagram, you know? Also, too, like I think we tend to think of social media posts as being very impulse. Like you might think of something, draw it up, or you, you get it. Like for me, at least, we'll get a sample of something or we'll be a sign will go up and we want to take a picture of it and put it on social media. And that's great. But what she was asking, I think you might want to think of planning a little ahead and coming up with your own campaign or Think a little bit ahead and say, like, okay, every Monday I'm going to post something about what I do best, right? Maybe every mm-hmm. Wednesday it's about a success story that I had and it's a quote from a client. So all of a sudden you're just creating a, a bit of a campaign to, to boost you and you're planning yeah. it a little bit more ahead. Don't, don't rely on just coming up with something on a Monday morning and just doing it. And it's like throwing stuff on the wall. It's, it, it ain't going to, you know, you, you just don't know what's going to work. So plan ahead a yeah. little bit. It's great that she's I do, thinking I do love this that, way. Yeah, and I do love that idea, Nick, of um, boost like sharing a case study mm-hmm. from a client. I think that's really helpful as long as you can kind of uh, use the right keywords and push it out there to the right industry. Like, let's say you just did a logo for a hotel, and if as long as other if you're making sure that other like hotel marketing people can see it, that would be a good thing. Yes. You know, yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Smart yeah. idea. Well, hopefully that was helpful, Jordan. So keep sending in those listener questions, and remember we've got our uh, big question episode next time. So let's uh, let's get those audio questions in, guys. Send them to questions at thedeependdesign.com um, or hash- using hashtag DGDC on Twitter. Um, and we also want to remind you guys about us being in Vegas for the Adobe Max conference. Yes, October 18th through the 20th. We'll all be there, and we're going to be doing a few live episodes and interviews, and love to meet you all. So if you're coming, check out the notes for the uh, discount code, and definitely we'll have a space there. More info to come, but we'll see you guys there for sure. Absolutely. Can't wait to see all your bright, shining, smiling faces. (laughs) And with that in mind, keep designing and catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast.